Um, a little word of warning at the start here. We do get a bit sweary this episode. We normally try and avoid swearing, but um, there was too much for me to take out. There's none of the... Uh, n- nothing particularly bad. A couple of Fs and Jeffs. Uh, certainly not the worst. Certainly no C words. Uh, but if you are a young person and there's a, a parent or a an older person close at hand, do go and ask their permission to carry on listening. Otherwise, sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Blog Podcast. I am Cammy Black, and this week I'm joined by Ian Hay. Hello, everyone. And Brodie Smithers. Hello. Um, we partly got Brodie back because um, he needed a right to reply, given everyone said he was grumpy last week. Um, I was accused of being pompous, and <laughs> miserable, and ill-informed. Um, but I like to think what I take in those areas i give in the areas of misery pomposity and ill-informed opinion so you know well we're pleased to have you here anyway brody um please do review the podcast on apple podcasts and um, apparently that helps us go up the charts now we had a new review this week um but it was another one star one and i'm conscious that if i keep reading one star reviews out it becomes a bit of a thing um so there's a new rule, which is we will read reviews out if you give us five stars. Um, four stars at like, a push. I was going to say maybe start low at three. Okay, three stars minimum, and we'll read it out. You can slag us off in the actual review itself, but we we need the stars. Please give us your stars. Um, so anyway, that's that. You can get in touch with the on Twitter at Scott Rugby Blog, I am at Cami Black. Um, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Scottish Rugby Blog. You can leave a comment on the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Brody doesn't have any social online presence. Um, because he's... No, I'm largely, largely Amish when it comes to that, but I was just thinking about actually maybe starting a Twitter account called Amish Rugby. <laughs> what would that involve? I don't know, I've just thought of it. It's exciting. The training would be raising barns. It is... would be, and growing, growing beards without moustaches. I mean, there's parts of the borders that are pretty much like that anyway. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Is that not how Langham I train? It, I think it could catch on. Uh, Ian, no laptops, you on... none of that. Are you on the social medias, Ian? Uh, yeah, but I hardly ever use it. Um, okay. Ian Hay 82 is my Twitter. If people want to direct but abuse... I, I... Yeah, yeah, no, I, I just realised that. That's why I don't use Twitter much. It's a haven of scumbags. You're not, usually. you're not on the Instagrams uh, or something like oh, that. Oh no, I can't be fat. Oh no, I can't be bothered with that. That's too much. <laughs> can't be well, faffed either. No. Nah. So I, see, I, don't, I, take, I don't take very many photos anyway, so you know, there's no point in having Instagram. No, well, I'm only on there just to see what the Scottish lads are up to, which is mainly just. Yeah, I, I downloaded it because uh, I wanted to see what The Rock was up to. Um, 
But then there's like, ah oh, man, this is useless. Delete. I spend quite a lot of my days wondering what WWE wrestlers are up to. You know, what what would the Undertaker think of this? Who knows? Yeah. Warren, Warren Warren Gatlin's put a quote in. You know, wonder what Hulk Hogan would say about that. Um, let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be words to that effect, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, let's get on with talking about some rugby. We'll um, start with this. What is this? It's um, it's a jingle, Ian. Ah, we're talking over the top at the minute. I should have warned you. <laughs> Never mind. It's really important we stay quiet for this point. Yeah. <laughs> See, when I say next, next we're going to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, that's my fault. I didn't, I didn't send you the proper instructions. But yeah, when I say next, it's this. It's normally a jingle. Right. But we're just talking uh, on the top of that. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so first things first. Um, it's our news section. Where's Doogie Donnelly? Um, last week I compared France to the fall and Bernard Laporte to Marquis Smith. Um. Two days later, Marky Smith was dead. Now, I'm not saying that's our fault, but let's just compare Bernard Laporte to Donald Trump for a minute and see where we are next week. Um, but as a tribute to Marky Smith in the fall, we've come up with some uh, Rugby Players' as Fall songs, which is possibly the nichest um, section on a rugby podcast in the world at the minute. Um, Brody, did you have a chance to have a look at this? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of The Fall. I like their stuff, but yeah, their song titles, some of them are just genius. Couldn't leave them alone. So what have you got? Okay, so uh, Bingo Master's Breakout is Toonie, obviously, being the Bingo Master or Tombola Master, as you'd like. Strong. Um, I had two for James Haskell. Hit the North to address his rumours of moving to Glasgow. And also spoilt Victorian child. Oh, because... no, I had I had touch sensitive for James Haskell. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I just thought spoilt Victorian child reminds me of a spoilt Victorian child. It's just, you know, Master Haskell wants to clown in the drawing room. Or Master Haskell wants venison with chocolate for dinner. Master Haskell. It just reminds me of a spoilt Victorian child. I had Owen Farrell just because he looks like a spoiled Victorian child. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, um, Ian, idiot Ian, Joy you know Showland. What did you say? Um, idiot Joy Showland. Yeah. Or Ali Price and Finn Russell. Very good. Ian, did you have a chance to do this? Um, yeah, I don't really know the fall much, and I kind of forgot about that section until half an hour ago. Uh, but <laughs> came up with um, Black Door, John Barkley. Very for him good, to hide yeah. behind and stare Stuart Hogg. Yeah. And uh, hey, fascist for Matthew Bastereau. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, I, on Twitter, someone got in touch and suggested a player for Mr. Pharmacist. Um, but I decided it was too <laughs> well, soon. Uh, too yeah, soon. I had the same player for uh, dedication, not medication. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went for uh, Jeff Cross for that because he's now a GP. Ah, which nice. is a safer yeah. option. Uh, Kicker Conspiracy... Craig Zuber, um, Powder Keg, Hamish Watson, um, and then my last one was There's a Ghost in My House, Lee Jones, just because he looks constantly haunted. Yeah, yeah. Poor Lee Jones. Yeah. So if anybody wants to, um, if anyone wants to compare 
four songs to rugby players. Um, let's see if we can keep this going. I've got three, four quick more ones. As go I on, say, go. I've, I've been on this, right? Butterflies for Brains would be Finn Russell. Yep. Uh, nine out of ten would be Stuart Hogg because no one gets ten out of ten. <laughs> and uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm I'm impressed with the effort. I didn't think we'd get that many, but um, that's good. So, yeah, if you want to do your own rugby players as four songs, then get in touch. Um, Now, we've had a bit of a newsgasm this week. Um, I wasn't convinced we're going to fill this section of the pod with much, but then there was loads of news this week. Um, The main one being that we've had a new press release out of Africa from the Ghana press um the Ghana, R- Ghana RFU promoting their club finals and it turns out that Ghana has the best club names in world rugby um the men's semi-finals were between Dennis Foundation uh who lost 44-0 to Accra and Conqueror's Sporting Club who beat Lions RFC 45 hmm. Yeah. So um, Dennis Foundation sounds like a charity. <laughs> for, what, for the benefit of Dennis's. Yeah. <laughs> is it Dennis with two ends or one end? Uh, if it's ends? one end, it's a well, one end would be a very niche market. You'd have like Dennis Bearcamp and Dennis Law. <laughs> Maybe it was founded by Stephen Dennis. Uh, formerly of neighbours on the pop charts and that. Is he big in Ghana? Maybe he is. Going to make you feel good was number one for weeks. There you go. He's probably um, still number one. It's definitely Dennis could be there. David Hasselhoff. Yeah, anything could happen. Um, Have there been any press releases from the Amish Rugby Federation? No, sadly not. But if they want to get in touch, we'll read it out. Um, The women's competition they run is a sevens, and in that there's the Cosmos Buffaloes who lost five ten to the Dan Zom. Sorry, the Danzaman Hurricanes and Conquering Sporting Club, so I assume that's the women's version of the men's 15 side, beat the Griffins 7-5. So wow. uh, more from Ghana as we get it. Um, next up, we had an announcement from the RFU this week. Uh, not the RFU, sorry, the SRU, that um, there's going to be a finals day 1872 mashup on the last day of the season with seven cup finals being played over one day at Murrayfield on the 28th of April with the final 1872 cup game kicking off at the ground around 7.30pm. Is that a good idea, Brody? It got quite a good reception online. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Um, you know, it's great for the, the players and the supporters of all the uh, all the clubs that are playing in, on that day. Um, you know, the, the crowds can come along early and, and watch some of the finals days and then, you know, hang around for the 1872 Cup, which um, has a third leg, strangely. <laughs> um, but hey, whatever, you know, it's a brave new world. And Ian, are you quite, I mean, everyone's fairly positive about this? Yes, no, I can't disagree. We're going to keep up this air of positivity. Um, I think it's a great idea. Um you know, uh, it will give us a chance to see the young prospects coming through the club game. You know, Jamie Batty was playing uh, in the final last year, and then five months later, he's making his debut at Murrayfield. So I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea, mainly because Berrigan's still in contention to make an appearance. Um, the next news about Murrayfield is that um, the SRU have bid to hold the FIPBA, um, and the 
SFA announced last night that's pretty much between Hamden or Murrayfield from 2020 onwards. Um, good idea, Ian. Are we going to? Is that going to be too much for the Murrayfield pitch? Well, I, I saw this on the news earlier, and then I've just been on the BBC website looking at the gossip. Uh, according to the Daily Record, uh, Hamden's the favourite to to uh, maintain the, the Scottish national team contract. Murrayfield's just being used as a smokescreen. But according to the Daily, Daily Mail, Murrayfield's the front runner. Uh, I, I, Hamden's on my doorstep pretty much. It's not even a, a mile away from me. Um, I think I'd like to see the football staying at Hamden. Um, I, I wouldn't like it to go to Murrayfield because. Like you said, it could impact the pitch, uh, and you know it's not a, like a pompous home of rugby thing. But you know, Hamden's the home of football, and Murrayfield's the home of rugby. So you know, I think they should stay separate. I know a lot of people don't like Hamden, but I, I don't see how it's any worse than most other stadiums. Um, so no, I say keep it where it is. Brody, I mean, is it is it worth taking emotions out of this and just having one national stadium and be like Wales, I suppose? Um, I don't know that it is, to be honest. I mean, I'm the kind of uh, sort of mirror of Ian that I live less than a mile away from Murrayfield. Um, so there's an element of nimbyism going on here about having lots of semi-finals and finals of football games being held as well as the, the Six Nations and stuff. But if that's the solution they come up with, that's the solution they come up with. But as, as Ian says, I don't think it's major problems with Hamden apart from the the kind of distance from the stands to the pitch but you know um, it's there it's purpose built why not use it you know it also means that I'd have to go through Edinburgh to see Bruce Springsteen and getting back after it would be a nightmare so that's not happening (laughs) (laughs) Um, next up the Japanese World Cup mascots were announced this week Um, Ren and G which are described as mythical lion-like creatures that bring happiness and ward off evil. They're apparently genderless, but are a distinctive parent and child combination. Um, the best thing about that was um, Bill Bowman having a comp- comment on them in the press release. Um, have you seen these guys? Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of them right now. I'm a bit hypnotised. My um... worry is they do a cartoon and everyone has epileptic fits. <laughs> it's possible um, yeah I actually quite like them in yeah. a funny kind of way um, they're a little bit yeah. terrifying yeah a little bit but a lot of Japanese kind of pop culture is like that anyway isn't it so you know it's got that kind of you know manga kind of thing to it and it's yeah it's yeah I quite like them no complaints it's the first one apparently we've had since the Wales World Cup where it was a dragon don't remember that one. No, I don't remember either. Um, uh, I'm looking at the. I'm on the World Rugby Rangy news story just now, and it's yeah, going on about the uh, lion-like creatures from Japanese mythology called Shishi that are said to bring happiness and ward off evil. I read um, that as Shishi so... the first time I read that. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. Um, no, I was just. I just thought it was weird in the uh, the wee sort of video press release I saw. When they were passing the ball, and I imagine visibility in these things is pretty pretty low, they were passing the ball to each other, and it got a wee sort of gasp of, oh, well done. But it's when they started whipping their hair back and forth like Willow Smith, the crowd sort of went wild. <laughs> there was lots of applause going on. It was quite weird. Yeah, there was a guy there either joking or being half serious about the fact that their smiles would change depending on how well Japan did. So you could just have two <laughs> furious mascots about two weeks into it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it could be uh, pretty terrifying if things turn bad for Japan, <laughs> for Japan at the World <laughs> Cup. These guys could become like, you know, uh, proper cursed demons. Yeah. Uh, they can combine together like Station and Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Maybe, yeah. Or oh, like some kind of Power Rangers. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> um, next up, mascots being released by Gloucester at the end of the season. Um, either of you heard anything? I don't think there's been any news about where he's going or anyone he's signed for yet. No, I suspect oh, Bristol will be linked with them. <laughs> yeah. Being that they're linked with just about every rugby player in the in the world. I mean, Ian, would you bring him back to Edinburgh, do you think, if he can't get a deal elsewhere? Well, Mark Bennett's kind of moved into his position. And, you know, the reason Bennett moved from Glasgow is to get more game time with Hugh Jones moving up. Mm. Um, you know, centre centers doesn't seem to be... It's, it's one of the real areas of strength and depth we've got um, so I don't know if or, if the SRU would, you know, he didn't make the squad this time round certainly and he's, he's missed a few recently so would the, would the SRU be that bothered about bringing him back and keeping him on a central contract? I'm, I'm not too sure um, so I, I don't know I think he might be staying in England unless they get a sort of good deal on him but you know he's, he's scored a lot of tries so I imagine he'll attract a wee bit of interest down there Yeah, but like Brody said, Bristol What did you say? Like Brody said, you know, Bristol will probably be in for him. Aye, true. They're in for everyone, aren't they, Brody? I mean, do you think it's worth bringing him back? I think the fact he didn't make the Scotland squad will have a bearing on where he goes. And I think if he wants to chase, you know, if he decides that it's too strong and there's too much competition at the centre position for him to return to Edinburgh or Glasgow and try and sort of get back into the Scotland team, he may just take the money and go to France or another Premiership team and, and kind of stay, you know. Um, I feeling, uh, what age is Matt Scott? Is he 20, 28, 29, something like that? Yeah, he's yeah, old like as that. 4, 25, isn't he? Uh, I'll, just, I'll just get the Google on it. You Google that. But I get the feeling... Um, as Ian said, there's a lot of competition at centre now, and I can't see him jumping ahead of the likes of Alex Dunbar and Bennett and Hugh Jones and you know and Chris Harris for that matter. Um, so yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if he turned up in France. Put it that way. Yeah, Ian Holes. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's 27, uh, and on the first of September he'll turn 28. Oh, he's older than I thought then. Yeah. yeah, so he's got he's only got a, a sort of a contract or two left in him. Well, if it's so, five years, yeah, yeah. So he'll he'll need to think about you know his financial situation and whatever. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up um, opting for France. We've had a player spotted, um, um, and Alexander Thompson got in touch back in December with some Gavin Hastings stories from the past. Um, which isn't really current. Um, we do like your historic stories as well, obviously. Um, it's 92-93, New Year, and Scott and Gavin Hastings and a load of players stayed uh, in an outhouse um, uh, at Alexander's house. Um, and the Kim wished his family a happy New Year, but his mum told them to go away uh, because his sister was only six months old. Gavin also opened Spirit of Wood in Aberfeldy in 2000, where uh, everything is made of wood. Um have either of you been to Spirit of Wood in Aberfeldy? No. Is the plumbing no. made out of wood? I don't know. It sounded like a 1970s aftershave to me. <laughs> <laughs> Spirited wood. Spirit, no, spirit, spirit of wood. 
Spirit of Wood. Spirit of Wood, yeah. Mm. No, Westwood. <laughs> um, we've also had a, a Doogie Donnelly spot, um, which is the main reason why we do this section, which uh, thank you to Elliot Menzies, who got in touch on Twitter with news that Doogie Donnelly won the half-time draw at Clyde FC a couple of weeks ago and pocketed a tasty £795. Doogie Donnelly. I know. Uh, You'd hope he'd hand it back. You would hope he would give it to charity or something, but I don't know. Uh, Um, And then last in the news uh, this week, I've just spotted as we were about to record this tonight that Ian McGeekin is now doing a rugby agony uncle column for The Telegraph. So that got me to thinking, who would be the greatest rugby aunt or uncle? And the answer, of course, is Jim Telfer. So I'd yes. quite, I would quite I feel like, like berated, yes. I know I would quite like to make this a regular section. So please, if you have any personal problems, however sensitive, or any rugby-related problems, do send this in to us, uh, and and we will get Jim to give his feedback. We've already had one uh, in already from Rob in Wales, who writes, "Dear Jim, I made a bold claim in the workplace, claiming I'd come up with an idea that I clearly hadn't." and also claiming that Gregor Townsend came to my wedding. Now everyone's is saying pictures or it didn't it didn't happen. Please help. Um, so we put that to, to Jim Telfer, and Jim Telfer said, Dear Rob, grow some fucking boars. So, um, yeah, that's dear, dear Jim Telfer. So if you um, if you want Jim Telfer to, to handle your problem, then get in touch. Um, it's strong. It's I strong. like it. I think it's a strong section. I think we should, I think, I think I'm going to keep that. I am... Um... I was at Harriet Watt University on Tuesday morning and spotted Mike Blair eating a croissant. That's very cultured. Yeah. Was it? But I, I was kind of concerned because he was eating it. It was quite a big croissant. You know, like croissants can be tiny or they can be absolutely like Cornish pasty size. Well, he was he was getting wired into a Cornish pasty size one, and he had no he had no supporting liquid. Well, that's going to lead to a dry mouth. Well, that's what I thought, and then he's going to try and deliver some kind of scrum half masterclass to yeah. Grieg and Ali Price, and then, you know, so just crumbs and dryness are going to come out. Did he? Did he have that's a napkin? Stuck to his mouth. Sorry. Did he have a napkin? No. No, no he probably wipe, wipes it on his macaron fleece. I would have thought. It's not a pastry you want to tackle without a napkin. That. No. no. I was surprised. It was brave. It was bold. He's quite tall, Mike Blair, as well. Uh, is he? Yeah, he's he's over six foot. I wouldn't have thought. Of I always sort of think of him as quite diminutive, but he's not. He's tall, ish. Well, there you go. Have you seen uh, Alistair Dickinson's dog this week? No, no sign. I think he might have like driven to my area to walk his dog and then oh, gone away, okay. or maybe you know the man popped out at Murrayfield to do it. Or yeah. I don't know. Anyway, let's move on to the main thing we need to talk about, um, which is uh, the Wales and Scotland game. So uh, now it is time for this. Hey. Yeah, it's head, heart and arse. Um, our look ahead to Scotland's game against Wales in the opening round of the Six Nations. Scotland named the team today and the Tuni Tombola was uh, well in effect with Chris Harris su- surprisingly popping up at 13. Um, and we've also got Gordy Reid and John Welsh um, popping up in the front row. Um, but no surprises elsewhere, Brody. No, not really. Um, there was a few sort of murmurings about Cornell Dupree, but instead of Denton, but yeah, I think he's maintaining his place from the Australia game. So, yeah, um, I think I'm quite happy with the pack, to be honest. Um, the backs, it's interesting. 
but on the whole, I quite like it. Um, Ian, does that you feel confident with that that selection, or do you think Chris Harris is maybe a? I mean, he only had about what five minutes against Samoa, and yeah, I think it was t- about twenty, but uh, he didn't really have much to do uh, and when he did he made a bit of an arse of it yeah. um, but if he's going to be apparently you know, I've not seen a lot of Newcastle this year um, but he seems to be going great guns down there uh, a lot of people seem to rate him highly uh, the only other possible sort of surprise I thought was um, I scribbled it, I scribbled a team down on the back of a pub quiz uh, answer sheet last night um, Byron McGuigan or, or Maitland that was a bit of a toss up but I think maybe McGuigan's uh, getting the nod you know he did very well against Australia and he scored mm-hmm. in a lot of tries um, down in the Aviva Premiership I think as well now, this is you know, call me mad if you want but um, I think you know because he's a left footed kicker option if, if he does kick the ball's going to stay in play so it's kind of saying alright Wales let's see what your running game's like if you want broken rugby that's exactly what we want so it'll keep it in play where if it was a right footer it'd be more inclined to go towards touch um, so I think maybe that's given him a bit of a we might see that in action a bit more kicking and you know making Wales play from the back Yeah and and Brody, what about the Wales team I mean it, I think for anybody that doesn't follow rugby um, outside of the international windows it that Wales team might just look like a bunch of championship manager regens or like insensible soccer when they didn't have the rights to use proper player names but uh, and he's not daft, get Warren Gatland. He's gone for an established sort of backline by just basically saying, "Well, the Scarlets are playing well. Let's just pick all the Scarlets." Yeah, I mean that's pretty much exactly what he's done. Um, he's obviously a bit hamstrung by injuries and whatnot, but he's left Tipperick on the bench. Tipperick, <laughs> Tipperick, Tipperick on the bench. Um, Turmeric. Yeah, it could be. Um, so. I don't know. I mean, what what I like about it for us is that the bench, the Welsh bench, is not that experienced, mm. particularly the front row cover. And actually, our bench is um, relatively so. Uh, yeah, I quite like it. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a lot of uh, running rugby. Yeah, I mean, just a stat for you, on the opening weekend of the Six Nations, Wales have won just seven of their 18 matches with 10 defeats and a draw. I mean, is there much we can read into that, Ian, or I think was it Scott Johnson who once said, stats are like a bikini? Uh, yep, there's that famous line you love. Um, yeah. Scott uh, Johnson in a bikini. Oh, God. Um, no, I don't really think you can. It all depends who you're playing. Um, you know, we had a terrible record in the opening day. Um you know, I, I, I'm disturbingly confident um, going down there. Uh, I think with Stuart Hogg, he will probably feel he's got a lot to prove. He's going for a player of the championship for three years in a row. Um, you know, he didn't get to play against the All Blacks, well, sorry, uh, for the Lions. Uh, so, you know, he's the talisman, the totem. He's going to have a, a big performance, I imagine. Tommy Seymour seemed to be back in form, played very well against Exeter. He'd been a bit rubbish before. Um, and then also, it's all about, you know, Finn Russell, if he's playing well. Scotland play well. Um, if something happens to him, we're, we're pretty much doomed, I reckon. Um, but no, I'm I'm worryingly confident about going down there. I, I mean, the, for me, at this point, the Six Nations is always a bit like Schrodinger's cat. And until the first game's out of the way, you don't know whether or not your Six Nations is alive or dead, if that makes sense. Until you open that box, <clears throat> you've no idea which way it's going to go. And I don't, I don't know if that's just the 
the pessimist in me or having been here before and been burnt by false dawns with Scotland Brodie but should we be confident or are we right to be cautioned because Scotland to be fair we Scotland haven't yet strung together a sort of series of wins no I mean we haven't but look if it was the Italy game and the opening game of this, of this championship for us or you know I, I don't know a home game then we'd be really really confident about this but the fact is is it's a tough game to start with and it's a critical game to start with as well um so confident definitely we've got more reason to be confident than we have been for years and years and years but there's still that nagging doubt are we there will we blow this you know will wales suddenly turn into an international version of the scarlets the lingering doubts are still there, but you know, by Christ, if and when we do win, that'll set us up nicely. So let's. Well, that that brings on nicely to um, our heads, hearts, and asses. Then, um, Ian, your head. What does your head say is going to happen this weekend? Um, my head says we will win by ten to fifteen points. Um, I think we're just going to have too much in attack for them. Uh, Wales, you know. Will that Scarlet's free-flowing style be stifled out of them by Gatland? Um, I just think, yeah, there's, we, we, I think we have too much. The, fr- the, uh, the front row problems, as long as we keep parity in the scrum uh, and don't don't necessarily knock-ons, we do all right in the line-out as well, which I think we will do. Uh, having Richie Gray would have been nice, but Tullis is solid in the line-out. Uh, Johnny Gray is very good in the line-out. We've got Barkley as well in there, Dupree. Uh, if we can win our own line-out ball, I think we're sorted. Um, and I, I think a 10-15 to 15 point win um, on the balance of balance of play. Because, uh, like you said as well, the Wales, Wales replacements don't uh, don't really strike much fear into you. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've gone with a comfortable win. I've said we should win comfortably. I think if, if, we're going to, if Scotland are going to build and show that this is sort of a new era of Scottish success then we really need to put a marker down and start winning on the road um and i think i think you're right about the scarlets it's unlikely that overnight warren gatland has has produced an entirely new playbook with the coaches that he has that sort of just in just says let's just play the way the scarlets do you, you you can take the players but you can't fit them into sort of the plays and the systems that gatland already had or wales and Rob Howley and Sean Edwards already have. I mean, in a way, Townsend's Glasgow and, and now Scotland have always had systems first and then players that fit into it. It's a bit like sort of Skynet or The Matrix. He's got a way of playing and then just players that come along and fit seamlessly into it. Whereas you feel more with Wales, maybe it's a case of it's built around the players that you have and you don't necessarily have the sort of players that can just come in and fit into that way of playing. Brody, I mean, have you got what have you gone for you with your head? I'm a little bit more cautious, so I've gone for a five-point Scotland win. Um, I just think we might be our own worst enemies a little bit in Cardiff, nerves and um, silly mistakes and stuff. We've got a bit of a rich history of dropping clangers down there, so I'm slightly more cautious. I still think we'll win, but I think it'll be closer than um, what you guys are predicting. And what have you gone for your heart then, Brody? My heart is uh, a thumper, so, you know, 20, 30 point win. 
so either, like Ian says, we'll blow them off the park, um, and that's what I'd absolutely love to see, of course. Yeah, I've gone, we stick 30 points on them and keep them to under 10 would be my heart. Um, Ian? Yeah, along the same lines, you know, um, the free-flowing sort of Warriors rugby, Hogg, Seymour, Russell all linking up beautifully. Uh, you know, as Wales chase the game, you get a couple of Seymour interception tries as well, uh, and we canter it by about 30-odd points in Dreamland. Um, yeah, my uh, my arse, I've, I've, I mean, the arse, I suppose, is that the Wales guys that have been selected, this is their one chance to show themselves, given the absence of the big names, and that they step up, and our guys start believing their own hype, and that the autumn suddenly exposes Gregor Townsend's tactics and Rob Howley and Sean Edwards have found a way to unpick them and we go down to a big heavy defeat. Have you been as pessimistic with your arse, mm-hmm. Rory? Uh, my arse is quite pessimistic. Um, <laughs> I think my concern would be that Wales would be a bit more savvy at the breakdown. We give away a bunch of penalties Lee Happeny kicks us off the park and the Welsh defensive model keeps us at bay. They have got Josh Navidi though. They do. So that yeah. The great the great world world class Josh Navidi, I believe as he's known down mm-hmm. there. Um Ian, your your arse? Uh yeah, my arse is that the ref pings us for all the scrums, Wales just kick us into the corners, you know, get a few all tries, uh, or like Brody said, you know, Lee Halfpenny kicks us to death. Um, we, just, we just make lots of silly handling errors, just gifting them uh, scrum and field position, uh, field territory, uh, and then we just slump to a disappointing, terrible, shocking, horrible loss. And and the world is horrible again. There is also the you know the kind of other scenario whereby we lose Finn Russell and Stuart McNally to a uh, McNally to injury. Uh, or there's a red card or something stupid like that, and we have yeah. to rely on Scott Lawson and Peter Horn to last the full game or whatever, you know. So anything can happen, as we know. But that would be my kind of concerns, is that our areas of weakness would be cruelly exposed there was a really in terms of squad depth. There was a really interesting interview with uh, Stuart Hogg on the, um, the Scottish Rugby channel on YouTube, where it was him and Lee Jones and they were talking about going down and playing in Wales and um, I'll give you saying I've not had the best of times down there and then he, he said I've played down there three times my debut which you know we lost and then he said and then I played another game where we didn't so so well and then he just stopped short because he realised the next thing he was going to say was and then there was that game where I was sent off at the red carded after five minutes <laughs> yeah. you just see red carded after five minutes I'm not going and we got this. destroyed yes um, <laughs> that was hideous but I, yeah, it's worth looking out that clip because you can just see him about to say, and then, and then he just stops and cuts himself short, and then pulls back from it. It's like his brain catches up with this train of conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, this probably isn't the best for a corporate chef for, for the SRE. I've gone down a wormhole. Um, so I mean, if uh, put it all together, um, then you had your heart and your arse, and what 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 score what score we're we going for? 25 ish to Scotland yes yep. Brody 20 ish to 15 ish I'm going so like yeah around 20 around 20 I'm going to say 32 to us and 19 to them 
and they'll probably <laughs> score those in the last 10 minutes and give us all the fries. I think that's, uh, is that including a bonus point for tries? Yeah, it would be bonus point for tries, yep. Yeah. I think we're perfectly capable of it. And I think we'll oh, yeah. probably go for it. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, anything else on the match? Just that I'm quite delighted to see uh, Murray McCallum getting onto the bench for that because, you know, if we're going to benefit from this um, absolute uh, massacre of props that's going on at the moment, it is to get young players blooded and Jamie Batty and Murray McCallum. Um, okay, not ideal to be pitching them in as replacement props in, in the Six Nations for their debuts at, at, in the tournament, but by the same token, it can only serve us well for the future. So that was a positive for me. No, I, I, th- I think you're right. I think Jamie Batty off the bench, especially with the way he played in the loose in the autumn, is quite an exciting prospect, especially the idea of... I mean, can you imagine playing against a man who's just come out to say that he's personally slaughtered 100,000 cows? <laughs> Not to mention the sheep. He didn't even put a figure against the sheep. God, no. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because he was on sheep before he went on to cows. I mean, oh, terrifying. You've got to expect They're much that's... easier to kill. Well, yeah, that'd be a quicker production line. You would have thought. So, yeah, mm. that's terrifying. He's I mean, a bovine imagine... serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> we just imagine, you know, you hear over the the tannoy sort of, you know, coming onto the field now. Jamie Batty and as a Welsh player, going, is he the guy that killed the, all the cows? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to come up with a kind of nickname for him along the lines of, you know, like Slaughterhouse, whatever, or, you know, Sergeant Slaughter or something. But I'm, I'm struggling a bit, but I think we need something. Uh, you know, the, the Bridge of Allen Chainsaw Massacre. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need some kind of uh, some kind of nickname for him based on his Slaughterhouse that's pure art. Abattoir, Jim. Um, <laughs> exactly. Leatherface. Leatherface. Yeah, that's strong. So, um... Yeah. Yeah, if anybody's... Was it Javier Bardem was a serial killer in a film, wasn't he, with a ball oh, gun? Um, Anton Sugar. Uh, that was in No Country for Old Men. That's the one, yeah. yeah. yeah so if anybody, anybody can come up with a nickname for Jamie Batty, um, then do send it in. Um, we, we've got email now as well, which nobody's used, which just shows how um, you know how, how far ahead of our times we are. But it's a podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk or just uh, tweet us on Twitter at Scott Rugby Blogger at Cammy Black. Um, and yeah, so nickname for Jamie Batty, along with the fact, the fact that he's killed um, uncountable numbers of sheep and at least 100,000 cows. Um, well, we'll move on now, and we'll, uh, we'll move on, and we will now do uh, this. Fantasy League, Fantasy Yeah, it is time to talk about our fantasy league now. Um, we have a Super Brew League set up. You can find details about it on the blog. Um, Brody, you've you've chosen your team. I have yes, and despite all my chat um, on the last part about how I was gonna, you know, go against my instincts and you know, random generate a team, I've actually uh, done what I always do, which is try and be clever, and no doubt have um, a pretty poor squad selected there. A good, good name, though. Well, we'll see. I think you're due next on after the France game because you're covering that. You and Ian are both covering that, so we'll find out how you're getting on then. Um, Ian, yeah. you have you chosen your team? Did you get round to it? 
Yes, I chose my team yesterday. Um, my tablet has been a bit of a dick, though. Uh, but I've managed to change the team name on the laptop. Oh, good. Uh, what have you gone for? Yes. Uh, well, I live in Battlefield, you see, uh, an area of Glasgow near Langside, so I've called my team Battlefield Warriors. Very uh, good. See? Yeah, very uh, good. Clever. Uh, um, Did they yeah, win no. the uh, Ghanaian Super Cup <laughs> last year? <laughs> <laughs> no, they got promoted. They were in Division 2, but they're up now. Yeah. They're going for, the, going for the big to win next year. Um, yeah, no, my team's picked... Uh, as the, the reigning champion among the writers, I believe, wasn't I? You last were, year? I, yeah, no, no, you were. Uh, well yeah, I, yeah um, I've picked my team, it's pretty solid. Uh, I've got Hogg, Seymour and Russell all playing. Um, hi, quite chuffed with it. Good. I think I'll do all right. We'll, we'll, Hopefully. We'll, we'll, we'll keep checking back in with how uh, how everyone's doing. Um, we normally read out the best team names that we can see, um, keep an eye on how the writers are doing, and then the top few as well from from readers um there's a couple of decent names um someone's gone with uh the topical donny's russian piss tape i quite like that um there is um you we went with it did you go with a, a dent and hair one um i did i thought it was being dead clever um so i went with uh denton's hair impact assessment that's very good so nice. someone's gone with denton's crap top knot yeah, that's more succinct. <laughs> the best one on there, which is uh, Martin Young 81, um, which has got a lovely ring to it, um, has just written no pun, which I really yeah, like. Yeah, I saw that one, yeah. Very droll, very, very droll. droll. Um, and 180, who's gone with Laidlaw's waistcoats. Yeah. Very, very strong. Um, Okay, so yeah, don't forget, go on the blog between now and the weekend um, and get signed up to the Superbrew uh, League uh, and we will cover it all the way through the Six Nations. You can, if you already have a team set up and you listen to this afterwards, I think you can still join the league, uh, but don't quote me on that. Um, We will now move on and do this. Time for Hands in the Rock or any other business section of the podcast. Um, so, um, Brody, what has had its hands in your ruck this week? Warren Gatland's had his big fat hands in my ruck. Um, <laughs> I just find him so annoying. Um, he really, like, there's very few sort of people I don't actually know or, or have to encounter on a daily basis that really get under my skin like this. But I don't know what it is about Gatland, but he's just... Everything he says is annoying. Um, even a picture of his face makes me annoyed. Um, it's like, you know, going on about Eddie Jones and saying, oh, you know, England's England's winning the championships, still got big question marks over it. Well, of course it does, moron. It's like they've got five games to play or whatever. Um, just, you know, he thinks he's doing mind games. He thinks he's being clever, and it's just... It's football, you know what I mean? That's what it is. It's like it's like Mourinho. It's just smoke and mirrors and nonsense, but not actually very clever smoke and mirrors. It'd be it'd be more chilling, I think, to other managers and other teams if he just didn't say anything, you know, and just sat there looking like a big sulky, goaty bearded baby or something. You know, I just think it would be better if he just didn't exist. I I noticed he he seems to have moved out of the midlife crisis stage and is just purely onto two bottles of wine a day face. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Two bottles of wine a day and crying at cash in the attic for no apparent reason. 
Um, well, on a similar vein, I went for um, I've gone for Eddie Jones, just for exactly the same reason. Um, mainly because the main thing that, that that sparked it off was the fact that at the Six Nations launch, he claimed that England were being written off, and then when someone said, "Who's writing them off?" he then said, oh, "I made that up." Um, and I I just thought, well, with the, he's always getting himself into these awkward situations, Eddie Jones, um, and he's also quite a big asshole. So <laughs> I was trying to think, well, who's he like? And and I came up with, he's a bit like Larry David. So I'm going to, we've got our first ever quiz here. I'm going to get you both play, both join in. So the following quotes, is this Eddie Jones or Larry David? So you ready? So the first quote no. is, I, okay. I find human contact repulsive. I know you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. Was that Eddie Jones or Larry David, Ian? That's Eddie Jones. Brody As a former hooker in a scrum and whatnot, it's got to be Larry David. It was. See, I don't watch Cup Beer Enthusiasm, so. Well, these, well, that's even better, isn't it? Yeah. So it was. No, do I? Yeah, no. It was. Right. It was Larry David. Um, next quote: If you paid for your ticket, ask for your money back. Eddie Jones or Larry David? Brody. Jones. Yeah, Jones. Jones. Yeah, it was Eddie Jones after the Italy game last year. Um, next one: Anyone who has hair like that and changes the colour all the time is up and down. He's not the guy who sits down quietly and works nine to five. Who said that? Was it Eddie Jones or Larry David, Ian? Larry David. Brody? I'm going to go Eddie Jones on Joe Marler. Uh, no, not Joe Marler. It was... Um, who was it? I only, read, I only looked at this this afternoon. It was... Who's the guy with the dreadlocks for the place for England sometimes on the wing? Marlon Yard. That Marlon Yard, yeah. Um, I'm yelling for society, for everyone. Larry David or Eddie Jones? Brody. Larry, Larry David. David. Larry David, yep. Oh, sorry. Um, at the right time, I will apologise. I haven't yet, but at the right time, I will. Larry David or Eddie Jones? Eddie Jones. Uh, I'll go with EJ as well. Yep, EJ. Um, and then last one, you're, you're allowed to be happy, but not in front of me. Larry David or Eddie Jones? Larry David. Larry David. Larry David, Larry David yep. That was, that was easy than I thought it would be. Did you find that had did, did did they sound interchangeable at all? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Like there was one I saw on I think it was a Facebook link. Uh, it was Donald Trump or Frank from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> which if you've seen, was a uh, pretty horrifying comparisons. <laughs> I got a few wrong as well, might I add? I think Eddie Jones. You know Frank Sidebottom, the yes, uh, yeah. You like know, big-headed. Yeah, yeah, right, okay. Eddie Jones looks like a ventriloquist dummy of Frank's side bottom. You mean Little which Frank? Which I think used little, to exist. Yeah, little, right, so there was, was Little Frank, so little it looks Frank, like yeah. Little Frank, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got this kind of cheeky goblin yeah, kind of thing about him. It's just, he's just, it's just upsetting. <laughs> I like that image. That's a lovely image. I'm going to, I'm going to try and dig out some little Frank and stick it on at the end of the podcast. Um, you should do a quiz, a little Frank quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Take away the accent. I bet it's quite hard. Yeah, we'll try and figure out. I might go and li- listen to little Frank and then if, if one of us can do the accent, just stick that on as a podcast extra. Um, Ian, we'll move on. What's, what's had, it, had its hands in your rock this week? 
Well, with their hands in their in my rocks for quite some time, and it pains me to call them out on this eventually, uh, The Guardian and some of their coverage. Uh, it also, well, last Sunday, right, uh, the Glasgow Exeter match report, they referred to uh, George, well, George Horn's brother as Rob. You know, that's pretty weak. Um, and then this week, there was, over the course of two days, there was three articles about England's injury crisis. On one day, side by side, there was like, oh, there might be 18 players out for Italy. And right beside that, there was a Robert Kitson opinion piece about England's injury squad, uh, injury list. It's like, for fuck's sake, a bit of overkill. You know, um, and then today they were talking, uh, there's a whole sort of woe is us uh, piece about uh, sort of just um, the injury crisis in general in rugby. And they mentioned four four teams of six nations. They were like, oh, England, Ireland, Wales and Italy uh, will have at least 10 frontline players out. Scotland have got about the same. Don't forget about us, son. You know, I don't mind them forgetting about the Pro 12, or sorry, Pro 14. Uh, you know, their coverage of that is non-existent. You know, call him Peter Horn Rob. That's pretty shocking. And then the whole overkill on the injury stuff. Just stop it. Yeah, I'm I, I'm with you on that. I read I read it quite regularly just because it's for for other reasons. I'm a sort of like liberal lefty sensibilities, but yeah. the the I'm, convinced... I'm basically a communist man. <laughs> <laughs> the um. That I'm convinced Paul Rees that, that writes for The Guardian, allegedly, there is a stock photo of him where he's got this 1970s moustache, and I'm convinced that he doesn't exist. I've got this conspiracy theory. <laughs> that he, I, I, I want, has anybody seen or met Paul Rees for, who writes for The Guardian? Because I don't yeah. think... I, I think he's a front for um, Press Association <laughs> stories That's that are sure. just rehashed. They had, oh, this, yeah. they had this interview with John Barclay... Um, Paul Reed, that, yeah, yeah the, well, well, it's not worth reading because it's Paul Rees <laughs> purporting to interview John Barclay, but all he's done is they've pulled quotes of what John Barclay said at the Six Nations launch press conference, which you can watch in full on YouTube, and that's all he's <laughs> and turned it into a story as though he's interviewed John Barclay. <laughs> it's like I'll text him, he never texts me back, but very not. <laughs> it's, the, um, it's the photo maybe like a you know a stock kind of early Burt Reynolds shot or something you know is it can that be traced he more looks like um who's the how he played hang on, i'm gonna have to look up the name of the actor now um he was in the shove who played the shoveler in um william h macy that's it he looks like william h yeah. macy uh, okay yeah yeah, yeah with a moustache <laughs> Nice. That's a nice look. It is. It's a strong look. Um, speaking of text messages, did you see the, the, there was a great quote um, uh, from uh, Ryan Wilson at the press conference yesterday where um, somebody asked him, what what has John Barkley taught you about the Scarlets players? And he said, he hasn't taught us anything. He just shows us Snapchats of the Scarlets players farting. <laughs> that's awesome you can just imagine the, the media guys at the SRU just like never <laughs> Name, names of people for press conference strike Ryan's name off yeah, never ever ever again um, and they've just spent however many years getting Hoggy to not shoot himself consistently in the foot on camera and even he's still doing it <laughs> But then I got sent off. Oh no, hang on, that wasn't good. <laughs> Let's not mention that in the corporate video. Um, yeah. um, anything else from either of you? Anything from the blog? Either you pick anything up from the blog, comment-wise? Uh, I have to admit, no, not not this week. 
Ian? Uh, uh, I also have to admit, no, I, I did read a lot of them, but um, there was just too many to pick from. They're all excellent, so you know it was it was hard to pick. They are uh, all one. excellent. We we there there appears to be well, more... most of them. Sorry. Yeah, m- m- the, at this time of year, we are normally inundated with with Welsh trolls, which oh, is right. a genuine thing. We know the comments are just people Welsh people <laughs> logging on and trolling trolling us, but we seem to it's, everyone's behaving themselves this year, which is lovely. Um, we'll see how that turns out after yeah, Saturday, but. Um, yeah, there's some quite strong chat on the last podcast uh, post. There was a big, uh, long thread where people going back and forth choosing their um, their teams for um, next summer tour, which is getting ahead of ourselves a bit, but um, some quite interesting debate there. Um, oh, somebody had, oh, the smidge had hands in the ruck, um, which is, yeah, England bleating about their injury crisis and lack of options. Um, and also saying that if Wales wanted to um, moan about having the, those injuries, they shouldn't have taken Warren Gatlin shouldn't have taken all his half his squad on the Lions tour, which is a fair point. He, he put on the Lions tour in capitals twice as well. I think, he so did, he yes. Fairly, again, Gatlin's hands were in his rock as well as mine. Um, it's quite interesting because everyone keeps saying that France will usually win the Six Nations the year after a Lions tour, but. Actually, that's us. Because no. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get to go. We didn't get to go. There were more French players on the line, so yeah, it probably was. Yeah. yeah, no. And you look at you look at it, and yeah, we we have been affected because Tommy Simo was a bit crap for a bit. Um, but luckily, you know, I suppose we're well, luckily or unluckily, Greg Greg Laidlaw and, and Hoggy got injured, so they've had a chance to come back into a bit of form. But yeah, that I mean, we we are the new France, and long may it continue. Maybe we should just sack Lions to us in just. Just for the, giving us the odd chance of winning a Six Nations every four years. Yeah. Well, you know, do, do all the Lions tours instead. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think that's. Can I, can I just say, in in support of the fall, if anybody wants to listen to the fall and they're not sure where to start, the album "This Nation's Saving Grace" would probably be the best place to start. Failing that, if you just want to try one song out, uh, "Telephone Things" is probably a good place to start with that as well. I would, yeah, I would, I would second that. Mister Farmerson, Touch Sensitive, Touch Sensitive is the one that was on the car advert a few years ago. I can't remember which car maker right. it was. Um, there is a best, there was a best of kicking around a few years ago, which I've got, which is fifty thousand fall fans can't be wrong. Um, which is okay. quite a nice little collection. Um, yeah. I, I was possibly thinking next week, we depending on how things go, given we've predicted a Scotland win, uh, next week's podcast might be called Hex Induction Hour. Nice. Um, so we'll That's all going way over my head. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> well, on that note, um, yeah, that's uh, it for this week. Um, don't forget, I'm going to beg again, please do leave us some reviews. I don't care whether you slag us off. Just try and give us three stars. If you give us three stars or more, I'll read them out. It doesn't matter how abusive you are. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at Scott Rugby Blog, at Cammy Black. Um, you can bother Ian if you want to, although he doesn't log in that much. Um, join the chat with everybody else on the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. We will be back next week to look back at the Wales game and look ahead to, is it France next? Yes, I it is. want to say France. Yeah. 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 Right. We'll be on the uh, 11th. Yep. yep. Brody and Ian's big day out. Um, so um, yes. you'll hear about that as well in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, so in the meantime, it is bye-bye from me and bye-bye from Brody and Ian. Bye-bye. Cheerio.
every single morning The sun rise every single evening Spreading all the Christmas around Thank you. 